Cancer, vaccines, sexually transmitted infections. Three topics that bring strong reactions, lots of questions, and more than a little misinformation. And our featured topic today connects all three of them. We're talking about HPV, human papillomavirus. And our guest today is well positioned to get us answers to all our questions. We're joined by Dr. Elizabeth Campbell, an obstetrician and gynecologist at University of Michigan Health, von Voigtlander Women's Hospital. HPV is a major public health issue in America, and there's no shortage of misinformation and confusion out there about what it is, what it does, and whether or how it can be prevented. We're going to cover it all today. I'm Dr. Preeti Malani. Thank you for joining us on the Michigan Answers Podcast. Hi, Dr. Campbell. Thanks for joining us today. Hi. Thanks so much for having me. So our team has scoured the internet and pulled together a list of the most searched questions about HPV. This is a hot topic, and I'm guessing one that you get a lot of questions about in clinic, too. Definitely. So let's get started. First question, what is HPV? HPV, or human papillomavirus, is a DNA virus um, of which there are greater than 100 strains identified in humans, passed primarily through sexual activity. Um, It is actually now the most common sexually transmitted infection. That gets to the second question. How does HPV spread, and in particular, can it be spread by non-sexual means? So the primary means is through sexual activity, um, but that can be through a variety of different activities, not always vaginal penetrative intercourse. Um, HPV can also be passed through anal intercourse, oral sex, um, and we believe through close skin-to-skin contact. What are the symptoms of HPV? Unfortunately, there are no symptoms of HPV, which makes it very hard to detect and um, the reason that most people are not aware that they have HPV. And is this any different between males and females? No difference between males and females. Both males and females um, can develop the uh, only outward sign of HPV, which is condyloma or warts. Next question is, what can the long-term effects of HPV be? So the majority of HPV infections will clear within the first couple of years of exposure. However, if HPV persists, it can lead to health problems. Those include condyloma, as I mentioned, as well as several precancerous and cancers, cancer conditions. The uh, most commonly known cancer associated with HPV is cervical cancer. However, HPV also causes many cases of other anogenital cancers, including vaginal, vulvar, and anal. And now the, um, the most common HPV-related cancer is actually oropharyngeal cancer, which can develop in both males and females. So let's talk about testing. How do you test for HPV and who should be tested? The only HPV test currently is that which is associated with the pap smear. Um, pap smears are most commonly done of the cervix. However, paps can also be done of the vagina and the anus. The most commonly used test is the pap smear of the cervix. However, in higher-risk patients... Um, they may undergo pap testing of the vagina and or anus as well. Can you just talk a little bit about high-risk HPV? I've seen that some patients have a designation of being high-risk. So as I mentioned earlier, there are over 100 different strains or types of HPV. A certain subset of those are considered high-risk, and that those are the types that have been identified in association with cancers and precancers. How is HPV treated? Unfortunately, there is no treatment for the virus itself. We rely on our immune systems to clear HPV over time. 
in the majority of people, HPV will be cleared within the first couple of years. However, in those where HPV persists, it can lead to precancer or cancer. And there's no treatment for the virus itself. There can be treatment for the the precancers or cancers. Can you talk a little bit about those types of treatments for the precancers? So uh, primarily in my work, we see uh, the majority of cases of cervical precancers. When those are identified, um, it is primarily found uh, first by a screening pap smear. Following that, they may get referred for an additional test called a colposcopy, in which we examine the cervix closer and identify areas with these potential precancers. We can perform surgical procedures, including both excision and ablation, to treat those precancerous conditions with the hope of preventing them from returning to cervical cancer. The same can be done both in the vagina, the vulva, and the anus. Yeah, and I imagine those particular patients then are are monitored on a frequent basis. That's correct. They're monitored more closely afterwards, and they don't return to the standard screening interval that low-risk patients undergo. Does it ever go away on its own? The majority of the time, HPV actually does go away. The immune system can effectively clear HPV from someone's system. Once it is gone, we believe the majority of the time, HPV will not reoccur. I suppose it depends on what people's risk is also. That's correct. So those uh, patients that are immunosuppressed are at much higher risk for getting HPV and of not being able to clear HPV. So that includes people living with HIV or those that are immunosuppressed uh, for a variety of other medical reasons, including medications. Can you prevent HPV? You can. Um, The HPV vaccine is actually very effective at preventing against nine different strains of HPV, which include many of those high-risk strains. Are there side effects to the vaccine? No. Like any vaccine, someone can experience arm soreness. Um, But other than that, there are no side effects to the vaccine. In your experience, are more people getting the vaccine now that it's been available for so long? More and more people are. However, I think there's still uh, very poor uptake overall of the vaccine, and we would hope that it would um, be improved in the future. Yeah. So what advice do you have for parents talking to their kids about the vaccine, especially since it is associated with sexual activity? Uh, So I think that the vaccine is very important to prevent future health risks, which can include um, genital condyloma, as well as several precancers and cancers. The vaccine is most effective given before the onset of any sexual activity, which is why it is crucial to give at a younger age, uh, with the recommendation being to give at age 11 to 12. Um, so I think the other important factor is that the HPV vaccine is, is important to give to both males and females. Vaccinating males uh, is also very helpful to prevent their future cancer risk, as well as to prevent HPV transmission. The vaccine has been around for a number of years, and it's well established that it is safe and that it is very effective at preventing um, future health issues, which can include condyloma or warts, as well as several precancers and cancers that could affect the child at a a much later age. Do you have a sense that some parents are hesitant because of the conversations that HPV vaccine might raise? I think that is a concern that a vaccine that is linked to sexual activity may then promote sexual activity. Um, But studies have shown that that is not actually true, that um, adolescents that are are vaccinated against HPV um, have no change in sexual practices versus adolescents that are not vaccinated. Yeah, so important information to get out. Is, Is there any exciting research underway regarding HPV that you wanted to share with us? 
Um, I think there's one um, exciting new area in that HPV vaccination is primarily targeted towards the young, so individuals um, around age 11 to 12. Um, but um, the HPV vaccine has actually recently become licensed for individuals up to age of 45. And there's newer research showing that the HPV vaccine given as an adjunct to those treatments for cervical precancers may help significantly reduce the risk of HPV persistence and recurrence of those precancerous conditions in those individuals. Dr. Elizabeth Campbell, thank you for sharing your time and your expertise with us today. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in to this week's episode of Michigan Answers. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're unpacking some of the most searched for health topics on the internet. And if you're interested in learning more about how Michigan medicine is improving lives and advancing health, you can visit michigananswers.com. See you next week.